0: Good afternoon, everyone. How you doing? I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Whoa, we got a lot planned for you today. So much planned for you today. Stan, it's roasting outside it is glad to be in the roasting. studio this
1: week the the ac is <laughs> back working and i'm loving it in here
0: i know and i was whining last week about how hot it was in here and all i can say is thank goodness the air conditioning is on this week and funny
1: when the full-time important people come in during the week it yeah, gets fixed it you gets know what i'm fixed, saying
0: but the weekend crew yeah. well we're chopped <laughs> liver anyway it's working and hang in there folks because you know, we all know fall is just around the corner. Okay, uh before we get going and before I tell you what the show's about, I just want everyone to stop for a minute and think about the folks in the path of hurricane Florence. I cannot believe how huge that hurricane is. I could. You know, I thought it was going to hit land at a at a much higher category number than it did. I think it hit land at a cat one instead of a four or five. Thank God. Um, and I just want everybody to just stop and think for a minute about all those people in the path of Hurricane Florence. If you have, you know, think about the winds that we get here that are, you know, 40, 50 miles an hour. They're talking there a hundred mile an hour winds plus all this water. And if you've ever been in a flood, I just don't think you understand how filthy, dirty, horrible, disgusting, damaging water can be to things. And it is just absolutely amazing. So I think there are already, what, a million people without power. I think there are, last I heard, six people have died. And I put up on my Facebook earlier, probably this morning, um, I put up on my Facebook, so these people who, even though they were told to evacuate, they chose to stay, and they had to go get rescued, putting the rescuers' lives in danger as well. And I put up a question. Did they, Do they get sent a bill? You know, who has to pay to go rescue them well, because they didn't get out of town? Too, I
1: would think there's probably some people, unfortunately, that maybe don't have a vehicle, they don't have relatives down there, they're they unable to drive, money. They, yeah, they can't afford it. So what do those people do? I don't know.
0: Well, there were, and, and I thought about that too, but there are so many... They had shut up, set up shelters all over the place. So people could have gone to schools churches. But how do you get there? Let's say and, you're
1: in a small town where they don't have tri- public transportation, they, they had, don't have buses.
0: They had arrangements made for that, and and there were some people. And I was thinking, you know, if I lived where hurricanes were normal... I probably wouldn't have evacuated. I probably would have stayed there.
1: Well, you the know? weather terrorists definitely make it look and, a lot worse. Oh, well, I We've know. actually seen the proof of that. I but know. Oh my stay. gosh!
0: Look out! This might be a category six. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I know. I saw all that too. It up as they go and on. I just rolled my eyes, thinking, yeah, they make it seem so much worse than it is. But people should be prepared, and and yeah. hopefully they could get out of there. But you know, I don't know if I, I don't know that I'd necessarily leave my house. And then I just, I just wondered, do they send you? a bill and nobody's answered me yet so i'm going with i think they do i'm sure fema covers it well yeah, maybe. I, I, I guess. I don't know. Uh, okay, I have a great show planned for you today. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, some election updates. We're going to take a look at the latest polls. We had a couple of, a couple of interesting polls that came out this past week uh, that show basically the Democrats are winning everything, the Republicans in Minnesota are losing everything. Uh, I think uh, according to these polls, the only bright spot was the Ellison-Wardlow race for Attorney General, which was tied. Uh, I don't believe these polls and I'll tell you why. I want you guys to weigh in on them too. Uh, I think our candidates could be doing um, b- better. I think in reality they are doing better. I think a lot of the races are are much tighter than they think they are. And I'm just so worried that Minnesota, I just don't want you to let me down. Don't let me down again. You can't possibly want to vote for these big government Democrats. You can't possibly want to vote for dumb ideas that they have on health care, dumb ideas on immigration, dumb ideas on, on you name it, just education. Don't, we'll talk about about that later, too. Dumb ideas about raising a gas tax. I mean, it's just, yeah, don't let me down, Minnesota. Don't let me down. Uh, But we'll give you some updates on that kind of stuff. I want you to remember early voting starts in a week. Early voting starts in like seven days. So you can request an absentee ballot and start voting. Uh, I think yet people will remember back to the primary when the Keith Ellison um The Keith Ellison story came out right before the primary, and so I think people will be just a little bit hesitant uh, to go cast their votes as early as they did last time. You should be, because who knows what's going to happen. You know, we could have another instance like Wellstone where he died in a plane crash. You you just never know. Uh, I did vote early, one day early uh, for the primary. Um, That's about as comfortable as I'm going to get with it, not that I ever would have voted for it for ellison of course i picked doug wardlow but uh anyway we'll talk about all that coming up real real quick here uh coming up in the second hour matt flanders from citizens council for health freedom is going to join us we're going to talk about the minnesota health records act we're going to talk about the prescription monitoring program and and stan we're going to have a contest we're going to have a contest yep yep yep, yep So, does this
1: mean more work for me, by the way? It does. Yes, it does. So, but it, but they
0: they can't call now. They can't call now. They're going to have to call in the four o'clock hour after I tell them all about the concert. But the first 10 people who call in are going to get to go to the uh, Citizens Council for Health Freedom annual fundraiser. And I don't know if they get to sit at my table or, or not. Um, but. We'll be close to each other. So anyway, it'll be super fun. Um, uh, Matt Flanders will tell us a little bit about that. I want you to understand something about Matt Flanders. I hardly ever have guests on this show. I figure most of the time I can explain to you an issue or a topic better than... Whoever, uh, I only have two hours. You know, it's not like I can invite an, an expert expert in to go into all the minutiae and detail that I would like to go into. But I only have two hours, and a lot of. Well, according to my boss, I don't play nicely with others, um, but which isn't true, by the way. Right, Stan? Right, right, right. I knew you were going to say right. Um, and but I hardly ever invite people in. So Twyla usually comes in. Twyla Bray is from Citizens Council for Health Freedom. Well, a few months back, uh, Twyla was traveling a lot with her book Big Brother in the Exam Room and so she said Matt had been going to all these hearings over at the Capitol and that Matt Flanders would be great and I was very skeptical I'm like I don't know Twyla I don't know I only like to have you in and you know Twyla's the best and Twyla's the smartest and I'm like okay fine Matt can come in. Matt did such a great job that I invited him back and you know I don't hardly ever invite anyone back well let alone in but let alone back again too so I'm really excited Excited to have Matt Flanders in. Plus, I have a ton of stuff from last week that I meant to get to on education because, of course, it's back-to-school time, you know. And I want to talk a little bit about the local insanity that is going on. It is so crazy. Uh, We're going to talk about what is Minneapolis going to do about the growing homeless encampment. That is just absolutely crazy. And then uh, an interesting story came out about St. Paul Mayor, uh, Mayor Carter. And apparently, do you remember... Uh, he he's been doing some crazy, crazy, dumb things. Uh, but the thing that made people really angry, uh, was when he canceled the fireworks. And now it turns out that they found private sponsors who would have paid for the fireworks and mayor Carter said, no. So I guess we'll talk about if mayor Carter, St. Paul, mayor Carter, if he hates America cause yeah, does he hate America? I mean, think about it. That's absolutely... Hitting America
1: buying fireworks made in another country?
0: <laughs> you can't, Minnesota has a law, Dan. You can't buy fireworks from another country anymore. They, our flags have to be made in the USA. Everything has to be made. In, I'd well, question that. Yeah, I'd question that, too. Because we buy
1: them in Wisconsin, yeah, so it doesn't matter what Minnesota's laws are. Well, no, North Dakota or South Dakota. No, no. Dakota. It's a,
0: yeah, it's a, that's true. That's a very true. If, a well, Minnesota, if Minnesota had their way, we'd... We'd never have any good fireworks. Oh, well. We'll, we'll save that for coming up. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about uh, FEMA is going to test a presidential alert system next week. So, uh, Oh, my gosh. The left is going absolutely crazy. And, of course, Stan had some interesting comments about this, too. Uh, next Thursday, your phone is actually going to send you a message from President Trump. I can't wait. <laughs> Stay tuned, everyone. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM eleven thirty and TwinCitiesNewsTalk dot Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. <laughs> I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk, M 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Stan, I just asked you if you followed Jeff Johnson on Twitter, and you said you're not on Twitter.
1: I'm not a twit yet. Yeah,
0: not yet. Well, I am, and I follow Jeff Johnson, and he just 15 minutes ago put up a tweet that said, Stopped at Twin Pines Resort on Mille Lacs. It's a perfect Saturday afternoon. The boat launch is empty at the dock, and not a single boat on the entire lake. DNR management is is not uh, uh, uh dnr management uh of this lake is not working boy he nailed that
1: yeah i was up there yesterday and it was uh, pretty much the same i Probably seeing three other boats, maybe while I was up there.
0: Wow! And
1: that's a big body of water. If you've that's never been up there, so
0: I have, and it's a big, big lake. That's just a shame, a shame. But for, there's a
1: lot of fish in it yet. So
0: for all those businesses, yeah,
1: yeah it's bad for that.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, everyone. So I just mentioned to you, Stan is not on Twitter, but Stan has a cell phone, and Stan, like so many others of you, are going to get a message from President Trump on your phone next week. Yeah. Oh, the left is going absolutely crazy. Uh, next Thursday, the FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, will do its first test of a system that allows presidents to send a message to most U.S. cell phones. So more than 100 mobile carriers, including all the major wireless firms, are participating in the roll-up. You can go to the FEMA website if you want to reach, reach Read more about it. The Emergency Alert System is a national public warning system. You know what that is. Woo, woo, woo yeah. on your TV, you know, and or you just radio, have to, yeah. yeah, yeah, TV or radio, and you just have to sit there and listen through. This is just a warning from some computer the government voice government
1: taking over from, your airwaves.
0: From the, what, 1960s or something? It's Probably just, somewhere yeah. In there, yeah. Although I did hear a girl doing it. Well, I've heard both boys and girls, I guess. Okay. So the emergency alert system is a national public warning system that provides the president with the communication uh, capabilities to address the nation during a national emergency. So you're going to get a text message. It's going to have a header that reads presidential alert. According to FEMA, the users of those phones will twice hear a tone and a vibration and then see uh an english only at least for now english only message that says this is a test of the emer- of the national wireless emergency alert system no action is needed so the wireless emergency alert system was authorized in 2015 and and part of this law part of this law says the system shall not be used to transmit a message that does not relate to a national disaster an act of terrorism or other man disaster or threat to public safety the experts are not worried uh that trump is is going to blast out some political well there's
1: no way he could (laughs) i mean like as a radio station i know we cannot even play a tone that resembles that tone right because they could say well we're freaking people out
0: right War of so, the Worlds, yeah, remember? Exactly, yep. Yeah, yeah, everybody remembers that. Well, supposedly, um, FEMA wants to assure us that this is separate from politics and from his personality, that this is just, uh, a very good way for them to get information out to a whole bunch of, to a whole bunch of people, uh, and it'll go out. I think they said that, they were going to try to find a way for it to go out other ways, like onto your laptops and tablets, but for right now, it's just your phone. So we've all seen the emergency alert system that that are on radio and TV. And by the way, on the ones on radio and TV, they cover everything. They cover your cable stations. They cover, I mean, absolutely everything. Uh, FEMA said that FEMA was quick to point out, I don't know if I trust them, but they were quick to point out that the government cannot track uh, track the end user's location through this alert system. But the bottom line is on September 20th at 218, be prepared to get a text message from President Trump. Uh, and yeah, sorry, cell phone users and. Liberals, you cannot. Opt I hope he out does it. come up with something. Just, oh, I do too. You know, comical. I do too. Now you might remember they talked about this under the Obama administration because this passed. Something in Obama couldn't
1: get done. We in the Trump administration got done. Welcome <laughs> to the emergency no, system. No, no,
0: no, no. They passed it in 2015, and and some of the people on the right went crazy, thinking that President Obama was going to send him a a text message on their cell phone and that they couldn't opt out of it. Uh, so now the shoes on on the other foot so president trump is the one sending it out and yeah there are a lot of restrictions but you can be sure if there's a way around it trump will find a no way
1: November 4th 2020 <laughs> don't forget to vote for donald uh, trump for donald Sends trump that right out uh-huh. before the day before uh-huh.
0: All right, we have a big election coming up in November. We uh, Early voting starts in a week. We're like 53 days uh, fifty-three days away from it, and there is a lot of stuff happening. Stan, when you watched the Viking game last week, did you wonder about seeing the Carn Housley ads and the Angie Craig ads during the Viking game?
1: I did not wonder about that one bit, no.
0: <laughs> did you see them? <laughs> I've seen
1: a lot of uh, political ads on both sides, okay. uh, Senate, uh, House, and everything. Everywhere, yeah.
0: I put up a, a MinPost article today. Sam Brody did a really great job of of listing all the outside organizations that were con- going to come in and try to influence our vote. So it was the DNC and the RNC, and um, you know, America. Um, Americans for Prosperity and, and Planned Parenthood and everything. Yeah, and really, Jamar, that looser Jamar. Jamar. You do? can tell him this when he I comes will, in to do, do his show. So I just posted it up on my, Facebook page, and I put up there, yep, there's a lot of money going to be spent in Minnesota trying to influence our vote. And Jamar put up some snarky comment in there. That. First one, first one to post <laughs> yep. up on it. And, and Jamar... Well,
1: that's how you get the thread going, he goes, Jamar posts on He it.
0: goes, when are you going to put up the Republican stuff, Sue? Oh, and so... And I didn't see it for, I don't know, two hours or whatever. Two hundred
1: comments later?
0: Yeah. No, 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 no. I was nice. People are just like, oh, whatever, Jamar. Um, But I put up there, silly Jamar, read the article. It's got Democrats and Republicans, left-leaning and right-leaning organizations who are going to jump in there. So I was real nice to him on my Facebook page. But if he puts up junk like that anymore, look out, Jamar. You tell him that, Stan. I can't
1: imagine how many are coming yet because we're still a few months months away or at least a couple of months away 53
0: days 53 couple of days. months away
1: though and every other ad at least now is yeah. some type of ad for politics.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay, so Karn Housley and Angie Craig um they had to run they chose to run 30 second ads at the start of halftime during the Viking 49ers game. It cost $20,000 each. Wow. Can you can you believe that? Yeah, I mean that is just unbelievable. Uh, Paulson had to pay five thousand five hundred dollars for his ad that ran during the three o'clock game. Wow, I just I just think that's absolutely crazy. Okay, Good
1: for the advertisers,
0: it's it's great for the TV stations and mm-hmm. the radio stations and the marketing right. firms and all that. They keep us I mean. Float. It it just makes me not want to donate money to them because what a waste of money, you know. Well, you got
1: to reach the right people and as many people as you can, and that's why they're charging a lot of money for it.
0: Yeah, they're charging a lot of money for it because they can, (laughs) and people pay it. So that's yeah. All right. So um. Oh, by the way, the. Um, Republican Governors Association, those losers, have started ditching their ad time reservations in Minnesota. They zeroed out uh, reservations for 9-26 through ten nine through October 9th. Uh, according to updated TV station records, the last weeks remain in, intact for a moment. Last week, I gave you the number for the Republican Governors, governors Association to send them an email and tell them what dummies they are. tell them uh, that they made a horrible mistake, they should get behind Jeff Johnson, and, and ask them again, oh, yeah, where's Tim Pawlenty? Where's Tim Pawlenty? Nowhere to be found. Not helping the candidates, not paying down debt, not buying ridiculous ads on overpriced ads on Viking games or during football games. And, yeah, Tim Pawlenty, nowhere to be seen. Oh, man. You know, I put him in the Hillary Clinton Bucket. We dodged a bullet that neither of them won anything. We just dodged a bullet. All right. Two big polls came out this past week. One was the AARP Minnesota poll. Uh, this one showed a large, large, large number of undecided voters who are over 50 years old. And this is what this is with less than two months to go in the election. The poll. Which surveyed opinions of 808 voters over the age of 50. And remember this. These are these polls that we're talking about, like most of the polls we talk about it's a snapshot in time. It's a snapshot for whatever's happening during that day or two that they did those. Uh, you have to look at the crosstabs to see what's going on. How many Democrats did they talk to? How many Republicans? How many independents? All of that kind of stuff. The crosstabs are where you find the wealth of information. But this AARP Minnesota poll found that nine 19- 15 percent were undecided in the gubernatorial election in Minnesota and 21% were undecided in the open US Senate race. Those are some staggering numbers. So when when you see an, another poll uh, like KSTP USA that came out last week too, that shows the Democrats winning. You have to keep in mind that there, there are so many people who are undecided, who haven't even started looking at the, at, at these elections. Some of them couldn't even tell you who the candidates were. The Star Tribune had a, had a story yesterday on Dave Hughes. And instead of putting Dave Hughes, you know, congressional candidate running in CD7, uh, they put up, uh, the Colin Peterson's opponent, that was the headline. So I put it up on Facebook and I said, yep, there's uh, what they were really looking for is uh, Colin Peterson's opponent, Dave Hughes, who did a great job in the last election with virtually no name recognition and virtually no money behind him. He's doing so much better, so much better this time. We're, so we've got the media against us. We've got these outrageous costs for everything from printing literature to Distributing literature to mailings to advertising and everything, but then, when you get these polls that show how 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 the Democrats are winning, just know there are so many people who are undecided, and I think that 's what this aARP uh, race shows because they flat out said nineteen percent were undecided. 19% were undecided in the gubernatorial race. Well, the numbers came in for the governor's race. 50 uh, 43% of the voters support Tim Waltz, 36% supporting Jeff Johnson, but 19% are undecided. I mean, hello, not to mention the, you know, to, not to mention looking at the uh, plus or minus which is what four five six nine percent for for some of that. Uh, so don't get too excited about these polls. Uh, the, the KSTP survey USA poll was the big one that came out. Channel five uh, did that one just with just under two months to go before the, before the election. And what was so interesting about this one, again, I tell you, the crosstabs are where you find this information. So in the KSCP Survey USA poll, it showed Amy Klobuchar leading Jim Newberger 53% to 43% with um, 10% undecided or other. The Minnesota Senate race for the seat Al Franken got, booted out of, uh, Tina Smith, 48%, Karen Housley, 38%, 12% undecided. Um, and then the left went crazy over that one. They went absolutely crazy and went after Tom Houser just like a, uh, a, a crazy person. Remember that seat, uh, used to be Al Franken's seat. Well, it's, it's our seat, of course. Um, but Al Franken was forced to resign. He was the last one elected. To that seat, which is why Channel Five uses uh, uses calls it al franken 's al frankens seat because he was the last one that was elected by it. It is very common. That people refer to the, as the Franken's, uh, Franken seat. But people like Linda Higgins and a whole bunch of other lefties just went crazy saying, Al Franken is not the senator anymore. Stop ghosting the female senator. It's Tina Smith's seat. And no, it's not Tina Smith's seat. Tina was appointed to that seat. Governor Dayton appointed her to that seat. Wait, it, it, whoever wins that seat only gets to sit there for, for two years. Um, we have to take a quick break when we come back. We'll talk a little bit more about the Survey USA poll. Probably the most interesting numbers in that poll were the Ellison Wardlow numbers, which showed a 41-41 tie in that one. 40% of the people say the abuse allegations against Ellison affected their vote. Let me tell you, I was out door knocking for a fabulous candidate who's running for Minnesota House of Representatives in the north half of New Brighton, the city of Fridley, and a tiny little part of Spring Lake Park, Susan Erickson. So I go to this house where this lady is is just a staunch, staunch, staunch liberal. By the time I left, by the time I left, not only was she voting for my candidate, Susan Erickson, but she had written Susan Erickson a check. And the first thing the woman said to me was, I will not vote for Keith Ellison. I will not. And, oh, my gosh, this lady, oh, what a spitfire she was. She's 83 years old. Uh, her and I just went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I have to say I won. But, uh, well, of course I did because she's voting for my candidate. She might even let my candidate put a yard sign up for her. But she wrote my candidate a check. I mean, how unbelievable is that? So, People, and this, and this woman's been a, a lifelong liberal. And she just said, you know what? I, I am, uh, Keith Ellison, the party has gone crazy. I don't know what's up with them. I, and what I found out door knocking and lit dropping, I found more and more people saying, I don't recognize the Democrat party. I don't recognize it. So. When we come back, we'll take a look at some more of this uh, KSTP Survey USA poll. They have Tim Waltz leading Jeff Johnson 47 to 40. Remember, this is a margin of error of 4.9 percent. But I'll tell you, when you look at all of the top issues in this poll, the idea that Jeff Johnson – who's right on every one of those issues, who's right on on what the people of Minnesota are thinking, you cannot tell me that he is down 5 to 10 points. You just can't tell me that. I, I just, I refuse to believe it. Uh, stay tuned. Lots more coming. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I have been having a blast outlet dropping and door-knocking for my House of Representative candidate, um, Susan Erickson. She's also my neighbor. And I tell everyone, yep, I'm out here hammering on your door because she's my neighbor and I want her to win. Connie Bernardi's been there far too long. We stumbled on this house that has all these Trump signs all over it right up the street from my new BFF, Pat the Liberal, who not only has been voting, Democrat her whole entire life, but who might put up a sign for my candidate, uh, who is definitely going to vote for my candidate, and who even wrote a check for my candidate. So I've been back to the Trump house. I call it the Trump house because there's Trump signs everywhere, the whole side of her garage. Trump, Trump, make America great again. I'm like, oh, I love this. And I guess there's a house across the street that's for sale. And I don't know if it was the owners of the house or the real estate agent who asked her to tone down her enthusiastic Trump support with the signs all over and the American flags and and guess what she did Bridget put up more signs and I just love it I just absolutely love it okay so I want you to remember now, the same week that we came out with the AARP Minnesota poll, which showed 20% uh, of the of the of the percentage of people that they interviewed uh, undecided. Now you have KSTP Survey USA, which showed 11 or 12% undecided. In that poll, which got two different results, by the way, uh, on almost every race, uh, Tim Waltz leads Jeff Johnson 47 to 40. There were some interesting numbers inside this poll waltz leads 60 percent to 26 percent in the urban areas and if that doesn't tell you people in minneapolis and st paul to get off your butt and get out there and start working there is absolutely no way the urban areas are only 26 republican there is absolutely no way if you get out and do some work with your friends your neighbors your coworkers who live in minneapolis and st paul you can move that needle it will help all of our statewide candidates quit writing off minneapolis and St. Paul stop it just stop it there are more people there who are who would vote republican who lean republican than you can possibly imagine the survey, uh, the survey, KSTP survey USA poll said Johnson leads 47 to 36 in the rural areas. Well, guess what? Rural areas, you get out and get to work too. Get to work. The two are tied 44% in the suburbs. Guess what I'm going to say to you, suburb people? Mm hmm. Get to work. Uh, and they said Waltz has a slight lead among the independents. Now I want you to think about this. Uh Tim Waltz has come out and said he wants to raise the gas tax. He's come out and said he wants to uh do Medicaid for Medicare for all. He wants to add a billion dollars in six sick, sick taxes. He came out and he said he wanted seventeen billion dollars for single payer health care and on every one of those things the voters disagree every single one of them explain to me how Tim Walz can possibly be leading when Tim Walz when Tim Walz is supporting and going to promote policies that the people of Minnesota don't support according to the KSTP survey USA poll um fifty two percent of the likely voters surveyed oppose a gas tax increase fifty nine percent opposing Minis- making minnesota a sanctuary state and fifty six percent support legalizing recreational meta- recreational marijuana. those are some pretty big numbers you can 't tell me tim waltz is 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 winning uh, is winning the governor 's race it's just not happening. Uh, Who put this out? I can't remember who put it out. Oh, sorry. But they were talking about uh, raising the gas tax. Tim Walz wants to raise the gas tax. So stupid. Drives up the cost for for all of us. It drives up the cost for us as individuals, as families. Drives up the cost every time we use our vehicles. Drives up the cost of goods and services. Drives up the cost of, of government expenses. Anybody and anything who uses a vehicle, it drives up the cost. New Jersey learned that lesson the hard way Chris Christie dummy what are you thinking Chris Christie he convinced the legislators to raise New Jersey's gas tax by 22.6% uh 22.6 cents per gallon isn't that unbelievable and even worse if the Gas tax doesn't raise the estimated projected revenue by state government each year. The tax increases. How stupid can can politicians be? But guess what? The re- results from the first year are in and they aren't good. The legislators were shocked uh, to learn that the revenues are short of their projections because wait for it people are driving less because it costs more needless to say the gas tax will in new jersey will automatically increase by an additional 4.3 cents a gallon on october First, giving New Jersey the dubious distinction of having the ninth highest fuel tax in the country. The next time someone tells you we need to raise the gas tax in the min- in Minnesota, you tell them how well that's working for the consumers in New Jersey. It should be a short discussion. Uh, Jeff Johnson and and uh, Tim Waltz also disagree on on the fake opioid crisis. Uh, it, it's not a crisis people It really, really isn't, uh, they have talked about this opioid, um, and, and how they were going to handle this fake crisis. Tim Waltz again, picks the wrong, wrong, wrong decision. We talked a little bit about this last week, uh, pushing the penny a pill, uh, which drives up the cost. They, they, they want to have the pharmaceutical companies pay. Uh, how stupid are these people? The pharmaceutical companies don't pay. They increase the prices and they pass those increased prices on to us. And if you're a pain patient, this should be so concerning to you. So concerning to you. They're making it harder for you to get prescriptions when you need pain medication. They're making it harder for you to live a, a, light, a, a life where you can at least be relatively comfortable. And now they're driving up the cost of, of these pills. Jeff Johnson, thank goodness, gets it. He said he doesn't support the penny April approach he said which amounts to a new tax and yes it does amount to a new tax and there are all kinds of things that we could be doing to stop or slow down the opioid crisis and of course one of the first ones uh, would be to shut our border build the wall, get the illegals under under control we had roughly 46,500 legals who were apprehended at the border just this past month. That means that given our given our capture rate there were at least as many who weren't apprehended and a lot of those drugs are cross, coming across those porous borders. Uh, bad, bad, bad drugs. We have to do something to stop that. Uh, we'll take a quick break when we come back. I, I have a little bit more on education stuff and I I have a little bit more on election stuff, and then I want to talk a little bit about education. Stay tuned. So much more. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm sorry I didn't give out the phone number. If you want to weigh in on anything, we're talking about 651-989-5855, 651-989-5855. So last weekend, this really weird freak accident happened with the Secretary of State candidate, John Howe, and his campaign manager, Tim Drugsma. Um, I i had just been texting with John howe last week to try to get him on the show and, and we will make that happen coming up uh definitely before the election um and i i'm sorry I don't know his campaign manager um, but apparently the something happened with a float i don't know if it hit a curb or or hit whatever it hit uh, and they went flying off and uh, and John howe ended up with 14 stitches in his head and and pretty scraped up and sore and oh my gosh his campaign manager um the trailer it sounds like it ran over him i don't know uh he's in rehab down in red wing now so i just want to send out my thoughts and prayers to both of them i mean what a freak accident but it isn't it isn't easy being a candidate so pay you know you got to pay attention you got to pay attention folks got to pay attention okay i had a whole bunch of stuff i wanted to talk talk about Regarding education, and last week, you might remember we talked about the Massachusetts school district that bought hammers and duct tape to try to thwart active school shooters. It was just the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. They got together with the the local Lowe's uh, hardware or the home improvement store, and they each got a bucket, and it contained a hammer, a wooden doorstop block, which is and duct tape genius. Uh, I know duct tape. If you can't fix it with the duct tape and duct tape and hammer, you can't be fixed, pretty much, in my book. Uh, but anyways, in this bucket, it contains a hammer, a wooden doorstop block, duct tape, and a rope uh, to use in case of an emergency, uh, an, an emergency situation in the in the school. And we have to do better than that. We have to do better than that. We talked about also the Department of Education. This is the Department of Education. This is like the big Department of Education, you know, the the big one. And they came out and they stated that schools in the U.S. reported an alarming 235 school shootings in one year. And you won't hear me say this very often, but thank you so much, NPR, National Public Radio. They launched an investigation. They contacted all of the schools included in the Department of Education's data and more than two Thirds of the incidents, the gun incidences, never happened. So you really don't freak your kids out, people. Don't confuse school security, school safety. Don't confuse the perception of risk. You're seeing a lot of gun grabbers are running for office this coming November. They're all talking about common safe gun Safety laws, gun legislation. Well, you know what? The bottom line is they aren't going to define it for you. And uh, I'll tell you just point blank. They want to find any way they can to take away our guns. And we just cannot allow that to happen. So gun owners, this is a very important election for you. Heads up pay attention. Uh, we also saw uh, this past week or so, nah, two weeks, maybe I guess, uh, student test scores came out. So this was the latest round of test scores from Minnesota schools. They show no improvement in math and reading and little movement in the state's persistent uh, achievement gap for students of color. You know what? The the education officials in Minnesota and Governor Dayton are downplaying these results and the media, shame on the media, let them get away with it. This, there is, it is appalling people. You should be absolutely outraged that our schools do such a horrible job educating the children of Minnesota and this has gone off on for year after year after year after year we're talking billions of dollars that Mark Dayton has thrown at the school districts districts to try to fix these achievement gaps to try to get uh improvement in math and reading scores and none of it has worked none of it has worked in uh, basically, 60% of the state's students met the, st- met the reading standards. 60%. That is absolutely appalling. The results have been flat for three years running. The, they come back and they say, Oh, but our graduation rates are improving. Oh, but our attendance rates are improving. Oh, but we're not expelling as many troublesome children. I don't care. If they can't read and they can't write, you're failing them. You're failing them. How are they supposed to go out and be productive members of society, members of society if they cannot read and they cannot write? So overall, 60% of the state students, uh, met the state reading standards, uh, with the, re- meaning the results were flat for three years running. In math, only 57% met the proficiency repor- mark, which is a decline. From the year before. So that means 6 out of 10 Minnesotans can read, Can only 6 out of 10 Minnesotan students can read proficiently. 43 out of 100 Minnesota students can't make the grade in math. That is absolutely astonishing. 66% of the black students can't read to grade standards. 72% of the black students can't make the proficiency standard for math. For Latino students, the numbers are just as bad. 62% of the Latino students are below standards in reading. 67% of the Latino students are below standard in math. The same holds true for American Indian students. 65% can't make the mark in reading. 71% can't make the standard in math. That is just absolutely appalling. It should never be happened. Those it should never be allowed to continue to happen. Those schools should be shut down. They're too big. It's too easy for these students not to get the help they need, not to not to uh, to fall through the cracks to get lost in the shuffle. It's just absolutely crazy. Uh, I see on Twitter we have triggered students at the University of Wisconsin Madison. They're trigger oh, they're protesting ICE cream because it's not inclusive enough and i wanted to give everyone a heads up about uh some of the uh politically correct things they can expect as freshmen heading into their college orientation uh of course they will um in they will I I don't even know how much. I I wish I could spend an hour on this. They will, of course, introduce you to the concept masculinity is toxic. They will teach you a person failing to use a person's pronoun of choice is a. Hate crime. That one featured the University of Minnesota. Uh, claiming to be colorblind means you're really racist. Uh, and of course we have the affirmative consent, uh, means yes means yes. You're going to see Democrats push that again here on a state level. And we have to, have to be so careful that we stop all of that. You're starting to see the courts respond that these kangaroo courts in the colleges will not be tolerated. They lack due process, and they're starting to award huge sums of money to individuals who were falsely prosecuted in these kangaroo courts. It's crazy. Uh, okay, coming up next, Matt Flanders, Citizens Council for Health Freedom. He's going to join us. We're going to talk about the Minnesota Health Records Act. We're going to talk about prescription, the Prescription Monitoring Program. We're going to talk about Obamacare. We're going to talk about Minture, And we have a super fun contest that you can win tickets to the CCHF, the Citizens Council for Health Freedom annual fundraising dinner. Maybe you can, maybe you can even sit with me. What? Fun. Stay tuned, everyone. Sue Jeppers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.